Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Feeding Grade podcast. Thank you for listening. My name is Stephen Kilger. I'm the managing editor of Feeding Grade, and I'll be your host today. We have a really great show for you today. This episode is a little bit different than normal. We'll be playing an interview I had with Steve Ramsayer, grain superintendent at Deerfield Ag Services. Steve was kind enough to host me while I visited Deerfield Ag Services, Deerfield, Ohio location for a story that will appear in our upcoming August-September issue. We talked about those upgrades, the unpredictability of working in grain, and the grain industry overall. The interview was performed in a grain elevator, so it might be a little noisy at times due to all the truck traffic. I thought it was a really good conversation, most of which didn't end up in the article itself. And I really wanted to give everyone a chance to listen to it. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you're listening to this in a podcast app, it would really help us out if you would leave us a rating or subscribe. But if you're listening to this in a browser, make sure you're subscribed to Industry Watch so you can get all the latest episodes as soon as they come out. Thank you again so much for listening. Now under our conversation with Steve. Why don't we start with just you telling me a little bit about you and who you are, how long you've been in the industry, how long you've been with Deerfield Ag, that kind of thing. All right. Well, I grew up pig industry and I went to ATI, uh, Agricultural Technical Institute of Ohio State in Worcester there and took swine production. And I worked in the swine industry since 2002 uh, when I came here. And that point, I was married and had two kids, so we moved here. I grew up just over in Worcester, Okay. so I'm about 50 minutes away from home. So yeah, I started out as the manager of this location here at Deerfield, and that point, we were Deerfield. Louisville was very small, and we had just taken in Kinsman as a lease facility, so we had those three facilities at that point. Then we started growing. <laughs> so I think in 04, we bought a facility in Pennsylvania, and eventually moved that in Pennsylvania. It was very small, mm-hmm. like 135,000 of space. Oh, yeah, real small one. 1,500 bushel an hour legs, very small. But we thought there was gonna be a business there, and in 2008, we built a seven, about a 700,000 bushel storage facility over there. And then the next year, we built agronomy over there. That grew to mm-hmm. over a million, one, like 1.2 million of space. Agronomy kept growing. We ended up selling that to Centera about five years ago. All right. About the same time, 2017 is when we built our Maslin facility. Um, from the ground up, the total automated facility, the railroad out. It's state of the art. Pretty much have all the bells and whistles are on it. And it's 25,000 bushels an hour dumping mm-hmm. and loading. There's one leg. Yeah. This, it's basically a bean facility in the fall. And then in the winter, we start taking corn and then and jump ahead. I've been here for 21 years now. So obviously you're liking it here. To work in the grain industry, mm-hmm. you've got to like a little bit of crazy. And you got to like challenges. Yeah. Because no year's the same. Exactly. And there's always another challenge that you think you're going to take care of every challenge and have them all taken care of. Somehow, God comes up with something to throw at you and changes it. We are... As an independent business, we can flex like that. Yeah. A lot of times, co-ops, they can't flex. But the owner just told us this the other day. We're here to do what the customer doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. That's our job. Yeah. Whatever they don't want to do, we have to do it. And we have to do it good, and we have to do it profitably. Yeah. So that's the name of the game. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your field, a little bit about the history of the company. So 1959. 
Boyd and Joan Walbrown incorporated the business. She okay. was a school teacher. Um, he, he farmed some. And in Deerfield, Ohio, everybody thought he was crazy because he wanted to no-till. Okay. And we are solid clay around here. It's yucky ground. Yeah. Really yucky ground. But he did it. And he was one of the first ones to put up a bin. Everybody was picking their corn at that point. So he put up a bin so he could shell it. Okay. Combine. Started here with basically 95 acres is what's on the home site right now here. And then in 1991, he was in an accident and died. And so at that point, the two boys and there's two girls at that point kind of ran the company and sure. have grown it to what they yeah. do now. And with four locations, we've been as far as we've sold when we were in the equipment business, we've sold equipment to Ukraine. Oh, wow. Um, we had a contact that they got a hold of out of Toronto and he wanted to start a bin business in the Ukraine and we were feeding him. I mean, we'd tear down old dryers here and put them in a container ship and ship them. Oh, wow. Um, kind of where we got started with containers a little bit. Yeah. But in 2006, we actually started loading containers. That's when our we started loading okay. containers. And at that point, it's like, build something. We're not sure it's going to work. <laughs> Just don't spend much money on it. So I started with an 8-inch auger. Okay. And it took me a half an hour to fill a container. Yeah. And now I'm at my fastest one is at Maslin. It's a double barrel, 14 inch augers, and we can fill a container in three minutes. Oh, wow. With 956 bushels. Yeah. So that's, well, that's quite an upgrade. Yeah. Yes. So it's worked. <laughs> we, I mean, we've basically changed the bean business around here mm-hmm. because of containers. Okay. I mean, we've brought a lot of extra money back to the farmers and the community because we do containers. Yeah, well, you you were saying it's a lot more reliable than waiting for a railroad. Waiting car. for trains. Yep. Yeah, before we were shipping beans to East Liverpool to the river or to Bungie out okay. in Bellevue. That was basically our bean market, and they didn't want beans when the farmers were harvesting. So we had to keep piling and piling it up somewhere until they would take them, yeah. usually mid to end of November when western bean harvest kind of slowed down then they would start buying from us as an elevator yeah or raise the price that we could sell it to them for that at that point but now as soon as we have fifty thousand bushels of beans here we start shipping um so that's sped it up yeah no it sounds like you guys have banded over the last 20 years or so. so since i've been here in the area we've in the last 20 years we've probably added two million of space at least and the local producer they can handle it too right they're filling it up so that's great yeah the farming gets better farmers get better (laughs) the product the hybrids get better Mm -hmm. the combines get faster tractors get bigger yeah and it just comes fast walk me through what this project is what you guys have decided to build and and kind of why you decided to to upgrade here so bill and john walbrown two Mm -hmm. of the owners have a farm okay they farm on outside of the business they farm about 4,000 acres. So we're a farm ourselves, <laughs> uh-huh. and we know we don't want to wait. Yeah. And wait time is money at this point for all farmers. Mm-hmm. So two years ago, when we had the bumper yield, like we got to start looking at what we're going to do okay. um, to speed things up. We had hour to hour and a half waits, mm-hmm. and nobody likes that. Everybody in the area had that. 
So mm-hmm. it wasn't just us. Like you couldn't go to another facility and get dumped any faster. But that's that's not a good status quo for that. So we started talking about it at that point about two years ago. And last year, last year was a average to a little bit better than average yield. So it wasn't wasn't great. wasn't like the year before. But still, we were always steady. We were always steady through there. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's time to do it. Other determining factor into doing this is at our wheat pit last year, we've gotten into being a storage facility for plenished soybeans. Okay. And so we have to keep them kind of segregated. Mm-hmm. Just it's easier if it's segregated. So all our plenished beans go out through the wheat pit. Nobody wants to dump at 3,000 bushels an hour in the yeah. middle of soybean harvest. So that was another determining factor that we've got to upgrade that area. So at that point, and it was like, okay, do we just buy two legs and we upgrade everything? So we, we figured out the cheapest way to do it was to move our 7,000 from the corn section over, rebuild the wheat section, and then build a bigger speed for our corn section. So it's been about two or three years in the making of we need to do something. And then about last October, then we decided we were looking at capital investments and said, okay, we need to do this and we need to do it now. Yeah, well, three years ago was height of COVID and that wasn't a really yeah. good time to start no, any projects. No, no, and at that point, I mean, Ben and, and grain handling equipment was double the price just because nobody could get anybody to work. So there was so much demand, and they just raised the prices and everything. Steel went through the roof. It's not come back down to where it was because I had priced same size bins at Mast one from 2017, and it was about 150% more mm. than in 2017. So wow, five years ago. Yeah, so, that's, that's, a, that's a big difference. Right, right. Oh. And so you guys decided to build the bin here just for room, right? Because you want to use the Maslin's areas kind of as a throughput. You want Correct. to get Maslin's stuff built in. as a terminal. Okay. It, more of a terminal. Now, this is kind of a terminal market too because we're, I mean, we're selling to end users. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's this has become more of a terminal. Our kinsmen in, in Louisville facilities, I would call them your typical country elevator. Okay. You fill them up once and you're pretty much done. Yeah, and then you ship it out. But here, we want to turn the space here and we want to turn the space multiple times at Massive mm-hmm. uh, to try to make our money back on. Yeah, well, you guys take in all... Corn, soybeans, and wheat. Um, we also are a storage facility for some malting barley okay. for a company out of Westerville that is trying to get started into the malting barley. So we are store. We've been a storage facility for the last three years for them. That's good. So like this year we had like ninety thousand. Oh wow! Of malting barley from I, the area, from the good. Ohio, Michigan area. That's good. I didn't it's know we did here. a lot of barley. Work. Yeah, they're trying to. They're they're trying to be, get something built, um, an actual malting house. Good. Right now, it goes from the the farmers pick it. They have to put it in a bin and dry it and mm-hmm. get it good. Then it comes to us in September. Then it has to sit until March or April before they can do anything with it. It uh-huh. has to go through that a steeping process in the bins, and then then we start shipping it out. Right now, it's going to Delaware, the state of Delaware. <laughs> to be malted, then it comes back to Westerville to be made into beer. Wow. They're Thanks. basically renting renting malting space from people until they figure out how to build theirs. Wow. That's quite the trip to that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> quite expensive. I imagine. And so. they have quite a few contracts with some, a lot of craft beers and stuff for, hmm. for the malt. That's very cool. Um, how's construction gone so far? 
It's been smooth. It's going. I mean, obviously, you want it done in a week and a half. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's gone fairly smooth. Yeah. Not too many major hiccups. The major hiccup is we're on time crunch. Yeah. That's the major hiccup. Most of the thing we haven't had a problem getting anything, except for right now we're waiting on one big electrical box that was supposed to be in the warehouse three weeks ago, and they said it got shipped, but we don't have it. And now we have to find that because I need it next week. But um, a lot of the electrical stuff we got ordered in time, and I, for the most part, it's just a time crunch. They never go quite to plan. No, no. <laughs> I've never talked to anyone who's like, yeah. Start to finish, construction yeah. went exactly how we all wanted it to go. Yeah, a lot of it, like, we, Deerfield Ag Service, actually took all the equipment down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before K&S came in, I ripped out all the electrical, so they're trying to piece things back together at this point. But I think they'll get it. Yeah. Um, well, it helps you guys where it used to be equipment sellers. So you kind of do what you yeah, were ripping stuff yeah. out, right? And we, we've done... Over the years, we've done a lot of our own repair work. We've done a lot of our own crane work, mm-hmm. even at our own facilities with the grain crew, not the equipment crew. Um, but the equipment crews worked in here too. But most all of them are gone except for the owner. The owner oversaw the equipment, gone. Um, so yeah, we knew we knew what we were doing. Yeah. Um, we can do a lot of our own planning because we've developed everything else. We've designed ourselves pretty mm-hmm. much. We had. K&S and TAM come in and help us design what we're doing here to make sure it work and can be done. They brought in some other ideas also, so that worked out good. Uh, how about your customers? Are they pretty excited about the expansion? They just keep saying, is it going to be ready for wheat? <laughs> and I keep saying it will be ready for wheat. I think for the most part, we'll pretty much be ready to start dumping. Bands may not be running, the unloaded equipment might not be wired up, but You'll make it I work. don't need that right away. <laughs> I just need to be able to dump it and get it into a, into a bin right now. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it all goes smooth. Yeah. I think it will. Yeah. Um, in your 20 years here now, what's been kind of the biggest change that you've noticed? What, what's really different today than what you started? Automation. And it goes back to wages and people. Can't afford them. Mm-hmm. Can't find them. Mm-hmm. So you automate. So oh. like... Automation will save our industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so last year, our, we had our biggest day at Maslin of 55,000 bushels in one day. Uh-huh. One person weighed, graded, dumped, all that. Great. Wow. Up here to dump 50,000 bushels, it'd be a big day. I think we've dumped 35 to 40 here before, mm-hmm. but we have one person in the office grading and weighing. We have probably two people outside dumping trucks and making sure it's going to the right bin. Um, then if we're if we're loading out, that takes two or three more people. But at least three people at this facility to dump the same amount of grain as they can dump with one. Now, that one person was hopping. <laughs> I mean, he was hopping. Uh, but he, we did 55,000. It's the advantage of having a relatively new facility, right? Yeah. Versus this one, yeah. which you said was... Built in the fifties and then kind of been it's been added on. on. No, I mean we're both the distributors that we put up here are electronic, mm-hmm. so we're we're making things more automated. Yeah, and eventually I'll probably tie in some ELC automation somehow into into these facilities. You, you do what you can, right? Uh, they weren't yeah. built for it, so there's Correct. only so much you can do. Because <laughs> uh, I remember one time somebody asked me, he's like, "Well, 
what will it take to automate this facility? And I told him a million dollars. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Because I'd have to redo. And part of the redo is this electrical we're doing, having and getting things more consolidated into one area. Which we're switching a lot of stuff from 240 to 480 through this upgrade. We're waiting to see if we get a grant from the government for a solar field. Oh, nice. Then everything will go to 480. Yeah, that would be that'd be really neat. So we'll we'll hear about that in July or August. Uh, thank you again for showing me around. Yep, no problem.